Jesus said, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Every good endeavor is a gift from God. Here on Faith Marketplace Radio, you'll be inspired, equipped, and encouraged in your work as you hear business leaders share how their faith impacts their work. Joining us every Saturday at noon on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. For Faith Marketplace Radio, here's Marketplace veteran and your host, Bob Lambert. Hey, good afternoon, Chicagoland and all over the world. We're beaming out to you out there. Get out there and check out our app on uh, AM 1160. Got a downloadable app, so anywhere in the world you can hear this if you got an internet connection. And Faith Marketplace equips individuals, entrepreneurs, small business owners with resources plus community to make kingdom impact to glorify our mighty God while inspiring and gaining marketplace leaders. I'm Bob Lambert, the host of Faith Marketplace and the founding partner of Samurai Business Group. At Samurai, we offer entrepreneurs, individuals, small mid-market companies and their teams advanced business development and sales skills. Most of our clients report that they have doubled or tripled top-line revenue within 12 to 18 months. At Samurai Business Group, we say we put the win back in your sales. And boy, fasten your seatbelts if I got a phenomenal guest today. I met this gentleman back late last year, and I've been talking about him ever since. I'd like to introduce you to my guest today, Mark Whitaker. He's a Ph.D., and uh, Mark has got a lot of stuff going on, but he's got a special story he's going to tell uh, to us today about redemption, and it's phenomenal with his background. Uh, he also is uh, both a undergraduate and a master's degree graduate of the Ohio State, you know, my home state, so kudos to him for that, and then got his Ph.D. at uh, Cornell University. Has a diverse background in um, big fortune companies, and now he is with... Uh, running the tea factor at the Coca-Cola Consolidated Company. Mark, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Bob. I'm excited about being being able to share today. Yeah, no kidding. And you got a lot to share, don't you? <laughs> hey, listen, I tease the audience a little bit about your background, and I didn't want to spoil it too much, so why don't you share with our audience, uh, you know, what is that background, that redemption, and the thing you had to go through? Uh, well, this happened uh, years ago, about almost 30 years ago. I was 32 years at the time, so that was about half my life ago. I was a whistleblower in a, in a large Fortune 50, uh, large 50, 50 company, and it was one of the largest companies in the world. We were number 56 on the Fortune 500, and it's a company known as ADM, Archer Daniels Midland. And I want to make mm-hmm. it clear that 30,000 people went to work every day doing the right thing morally and ethically at, at ADM, but there were four bad apples at the top. And I was one of those bad apples. Mm. And this is really an example of selfish leadership, not servant leadership. I was divisional president of the biotech division of ADM at age 32, uh, reported right to the vice chairman. I was four, number four ranked executive out of 30,000 executives and had mm. access to the corporate jets and ended up living in the home, uh, really starting my first month working there, the home that the CEO had lived in for years, uh, bought his bought his home. And, mm. and basically, I, I was Justin Bieber before Justin Bieber. Uh, <laughs> forget, uh, millions of dollars of bonuses and stock options, worked there for almost seven and a half, almost eight years, and, and uh, felt like I was a rock star. And my wife became a Christian uh, 10 years before me. She became a Christian, and I shared with her 
about how there's this large international cartel, a price fixing scheme that was ongoing, and I was being mentored uh, to eventually take it over. Oh, boy. And I shared that with her, and she forced me to turn myself in to the FBI that day. Wow. Wow. Holy smokes. So she started a stay-at-home mom raising three young children, started the, the largest price-fixing case in U.S. history mm. at the time, about 30 years ago. Wow. Man, that had to take a lot of guts to do something like that, especially at the, you know, the, the, the rare air that you were breathing at that time up there in that executive level, huh? It was, you know, that you think about it, you know, this, you know, I joined there in 1989. Mm-hmm. Uh, this would have been the very early 90s when, when this happened, when, when I told her about how I was being mentored for the last seven months uh, to eventually take over a, a price fixing scheme. This is, you remember when like the Wall Street Michael Douglas movie came oh, out yeah. in the 80s and, yeah. and Breed is Good. And, right. and, you know, that led to the ADM case and then Enron happened shortly after, then WorldCom. Wow. I mean, of the largest companies in the world got caught up in fraud and greed yeah. because it was so self-absorbed and such a selfish leadership oriented time. Really. Right. Yeah. So what really brought you to your knees about that? I mean, obviously your wife, but I mean, there had to be something pretty compelling that she had to say to you. Well, I mean, for one, I've known my wife uh, since I was in eighth grade and she was in wow. seventh grade. And we went to all our high school proms together. So I've known her <laughs> since she was 13. So I've yeah. known her almost my whole life. We're 42 years married now. Wow. Uh, which is a miracle that our marriage would survive something like that. Right. Uh, but, you know, she was adamant about it. She, she yeah. said, God led her to, to expose this case. Uh, mm-hmm. She realized I'd make, you know, millions of dollars being a part of this over years, over several years that I would. I was involved with about seven months at that time. The case right. was actually, the price fixing was going on well over a decade right. uh, prior to, to me even joining the company. Right. And she was just adamant that she saw that the price fixing was impacting all the consumers that go to the grocery store. Mm. And she shared about how her grandma's on Social Security earning $200 a week and paying higher for groceries because of these ingredients mm. that came from EDM. And she was just adamant. She said, you know what? She'd rather be homeless than mm. live in a home where illegal activity was occurring. Wow. That's pretty compelling right there. Now, you didn't get out of this unscathed, did you, Mark? You know, matter of fact, just tell a brief story about how you actually collaborate with the FBI, right? I did. I actually had a, uh, a choice that day. I was either going to be arrested the day that uh, my wife forced me to turn myself into the FBI. I would have been arrested or wear a wire mm-hmm. and be a cooperating witness. And I became an informant and, and wore a wire eight, nine, 10 hours a day for three years. Whoa. And they were the most stressful years of my life. Yeah. I mean, the FBI said, you know, if someone catches you, this is this could be dangerous to your life. Right. Uh, this was an international cartel where billions of dollars was in stake and, and top executives were going to go to prison. And they said, Mark, someone could kill you yeah. if they catch you wearing a wire. And to hear that for three years wow. took a tremendous wow. toll. Wow. Tremendous toll. And, and But uh, the other thing, too, which was kind of, you got federal tr- prison time for this, didn't you? I did. I did. I had full immunity yep. uh, for wearing a wire. Once a couple months wearing a wire, they saw, you know, risking my life, and they saw the great evidence that was coming in on a daily basis uh, that, you know, exposed this massive worldwide international cartel fraud mm-hmm. uh, that I had full immunity. Uh, all I had to do was stay out of my own way. And once we got kind of towards the end of the case, uh, Bob, I saw that, 
you know, I'm still in my mid thirties. I mm-hmm. graduated from Cornell with a PhD in biochemistry at age, uh, at age 25. So, you know, I'm only a decade out of college, kind of early in my career, mm-hmm. uh, divisional president of one of the biggest companies in the world being groomed to be the COO of the company to become the number two executive. I was already number four. Oh, yeah. Ranked executive. Yeah. And I, I looked at, well, who's going to hire someone that wore a wire right. uh, for their own company for three years uh, basically, you get a job as a felon easier than someone at War Wire or a whistleblower yeah. against your own company. Right. So I started, and I was so obsessed. I wasn't a Christian during this time, and I was so obsessed with greed and power and moving up the corporate ladder. I looked at all those stock options that I was leaving on the table because a yeah. large part of my income was mostly stock options right. and base salary. Right. You know, seven figures stock options. And I saw these stock options that were not going to be exercised that I was leaving on the table. I thought, well, how am I going to, you know, live in this mansion with an eight car garage filled with eight cars at a Ferrari? Uh, you know, like I said, I felt <laughs> like I was Bon Jovi yeah, and how I could keep that standard of living. And I basically wrote checks to myself that would have been equivalent to those stock options. And I wrote $9 million checks to myself. Wow. And I ended up going to prison for that, not the price fixing. Really? Yes. Wow. I had full immunity yeah. on the price fixing. But the day that the ADM learned that I was the whistleblower or wearing the one wearing the wire, right? Ginger was really the whistleblower. If you really yeah. look at, you know, the right. you know from how it originated. But when they saw that that I was the mole, mm-hmm. the one wearing a wire, immediately they told the FBI. They said, "Hey, he's no white knight informant. He he wrote nine million dollars checks to himself. He he stole from us." And mm. and so I became then a subject of that investigation and a target of that investigation. And I went to prison for that fraud. Ah, okay. So they went to prison for the price fixing and I went to prison for the fraud. Right. And, you know, we don't have enough time to get into it, but it was interesting to me when you told me this story. And by the way, it's out there, folks, online, and and we're going to give you an URL to listen to this because there's a whole lot more to this story. But uh, how you came to the Lord through all this whole process, right? I did. Uh, you know, I was definitely a selfish leader, you know, one of the top executives right. of one of the largest companies in the world at, at age 32. Right. You know, with a CEO and a, and, a, and a COO double, almost triple my age, but right. well over double my age. Yep. Uh, 69 and 75, they were uh, the two uh, the two leaders of our company. Right. And uh, basically, basically the FBI, even with the nine million dollar fraud, tremendously supported me. Yep. They knew I made some bad decisions under pressure with wearing a wire for mm-hmm. three years. I lost 60 pounds. People at work thought I had cancer. Oh I was goodness. falling apart with a nervous wow. breakdown wearing oh a wire. Oh so they knew God. I was under pressure uh, when I made those decisions, you know, right. worried about would I ever get another job, would I ever be employable. Right. So they got it. So they got a six-month plea agreement, six months, a Martha Stewart sentence. Wow. And my wife begged me to sign it. A lawyer recommended me to sign it. Mm. And I looked at Ginger and I said, Ginger, you're the reason why I'm this mess in the first place. Oh, I had to wear a wire three years because of her. And I ripped up that plea agreement oh. and threw it away and, and fought the case through the courts for three years and got an eight and a half year sentence instead when I would have went six months. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. Folks, stick around for the rest of the story because we're going to talk about what led to the redemption here. Hey, listen, I'm proud to announce and welcome on board uh, Inbound Studios as a sponsor of Faith Marketplace. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about them, but you just got to go out and check out our website, faithmarketplace.com. The work they've done out there has been fabulous. Uh, they've just created a whole you know, uh, atmosphere and a, a real 
great visitor experience. So go out and check them out. I'm going to be right back with my special guest, Mark Whitaker. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here again with my special guest, Mark Whitaker, Ph.D. And boy, if you missed the first segment, I hope you, <laughs> you got, you're you going to see it. We're going to give you some stuff to catch up on it. But Mark led all the way up to where he was incarcerated for got a seven-year sentence, and now he came, he's, uh, we're at that point of redemption. So Mark, share with us, what was redemption about for you? What, what, how did that happen? Yeah, you know, when I threw that six-month plea agreement away, only to fight the case for three years and end up with an eight-and-a-half-year sentence instead, I, I tried to take my own life. I could not imagine going to prison. Uh, I would have went in prison at age 38 for six months and got out at age 38, but instead, by fighting the case even more years after wearing a wire for three years, I was 40 years old by that time, and, mm-hmm. and I attempted suicide. I tried to take my own life. And some wow. individuals read about that. You know, it was a high-profile case, one of the largest price fixing, at that time, the largest mm-hmm. price fixing case in U.S. history. And uh, and now a whistleblower who wore a wire for three years was going to prison himself, something unrelated to the the price fixing. Right. And so it just became an interesting story for, for the media. And so one individual read that. His name was Ian Howes, and he was with a group called Christian Businessmen Connection. This would have been in 1997, so 25 years ago. And seven months before I went to prison, he reached out to me, and I'll never forget. He was CFO of of a pharmaceutical company, but in addition to that, he was a member of this group called Christian Businessmen Connection, CBMC, that helped help individuals integrate faith in their work. Mm -hmm. And he reached out and he said, Mark, prison is going to be the beginning of your life, and you're going to find your true purpose in your life with this journey of brokenness that you're about ready to start. And back then to hear that at age 40, 25 years ago, I thought it was crazy. Yeah. But it's amazing how true that became. So he started taking me through a Bible study called Operation Timothy, introduced me to Jesus, introduced me to God. And then my second week in prison, a man named Chuck Colson Mm. showed up. And Chuck Colson was the White House counsel under President Nixon, who went to prison years ago in the 70s for Watergate. Yep. And he showed up. And and I told him about Ian Howes pouring into me. He said, Mark, you've given your life to Jesus yet? And I said, I'm, 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 I said, I'm, I got hope. But I said, I've got eight years of college and, eight, and the sciences where all I learned was Darwinism and Big Bang Theory and evolution. They had professors say, if you're a Christian, you can't be a Ph.D. scientist. Oh, and I geez. said, after hearing that for eight years in the secular education system, mm. I can't erase that. And he and I remember him asking me, he said, Mark, do you think there's a Ph.D. scientist that believes in God? And I said, no, I don't think there is. And he started inundating me with articles and books of some of the best known scientists in the world that know that know that believe in Jesus and are Christians. But it was mm. never talked about in the universities. Right. And that cha- that was life changing. That brought what Ian Howes was was sharing with me about God and about Jesus, that brought it to life wow. and, and really stopped the science block uh-huh. that I had. So I became a Christian my first year in prison in 1998, uh, right wow. when I turned 41 years of age. Wow. Wow. Now, you got your sentence shortened, too, didn't you? Did you, you didn't spend the full seven years, did you? Well, the way the way it works out is is it was a 10-year sentence, and mm-hmm. the federal has no parole. There's, the parole was taken out in the early 
80s. Okay. But you get 15% off good behavior. So I got eight and a, I did eight and a half on the 10 year. So I got a year okay. and a half off on good okay. behavior. So, so I did you, eight and a half on a 10 year sentence. So you came out as a Christian out of eight and a half years in prison. I did. And what happened after that then? You know, the amazing thing is some Christian professors uh, started visiting me in prison. And and it's a lot, some of those professors that weren't Christians when I was studying that became Christians, and they brought some <laughs> biotech companies uh, to visit me in prison. And one of those biotech companies hired me, a cancer research company hired me the day I got out of prison in 2006, about 16 years ago. And I, you know, I started off like someone out of college, and I became the COO of that organization and still on their advisory board. Even today was with them almost a decade. And I was COO of that company. So God gave me a second chance, but to do it God's way this time and not my way. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So I went with with a biotech company and I became the COO. And then I became the COO of CBMC, the very group that reached out to me. That reached out to you. How about that? (laughs) I was with them for almost seven, uh, almost seven to eight years. In the last few years, I joined a ministry called T Factor, right. which is part of a ministry part of Coca Cola Consolidated. Yes, indeedy. So, uh, you know, just to ask you a couple, because we want to get into that, because folks, I got to tell you that what they have created down there, what Mark is leading the way with, is absolutely. Outstanding! I had the privilege and the honor. Mark invited me to come to one of these uh, events that they put on, and holy Christmas! I got to tell you, it, 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 we're going to dispel a lot of myths here on the show today with what they've done down there. But you know, what is the what's the the client? What's the ideal client for T Factor or somebody that would be engaged in that or would want to know? Well, about the ideal that? client is someone that's a, a business leader, okay. and they and they're Christians, a Christian business leader, and they right. want to integrate faith in their work. Mm-hmm. And we're going to share at Coca-Cola Consolidated, which is the bottling right. uh, company, the largest bottler in America. Mm-hmm. It's not Coca-Cola Company in Atlanta. We're a different company. We're a bottle. If you buy when you buy bottles and cans at Walmart and Sam's mm-hmm. and Walgreens, and, and we're on the bottling side. We have 102 different plant sites. Wow! Uh, and we are the largest bottler, and our headquarters are in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And we have a chaplain in every plant. 102 plants. We have. 100, over 100 prayer groups and Bible studies. Wow. We have a discipleship program called Radical Mentoring, which is a mentoring uh, faith-based discipleship program. Yep. We have a purpose statement. This is interesting. As a public company on the NASDAQ, we have a purpose statement is to honor God in all we do, to serve others, to pursue excellence, and to grow profitably. I love but it. I mean, think about a, pur- pur- a publicly traded company where the purpose statement is, is our only purpose to honor God in all we do. I love that, Mark. I, I, I just, why I'll tell you, you know, they, uh, kind of service master led, led the way with that. I don't know if you knew that years yes, ago, they're yes, public company. And they had that you know, God-honoring mission right on the doorstep. You know, when you came in, it was on the archway of that uh, building here in Chicago. And uh, I had the honor, when I first started the show, I had the honor to, uh, to uh, interview the, uh, the past CEO of that company. And it uh, was really a phenomenal, you know, what he shared with me, because he was in a lot of heat, you know, from the street, because they were a public company, you know, about, oh, you Christian, you know, right. you only hire Christians and all that stuff. But you guys set out to dispel that myth. What I also want to make sure the distinction, because you made a distinction, this is not the Coca-Cola company, it's a bottling company. And you guys are the largest bottle. I mean, how many states uh, territory do you guys cover now? We're fourteen. St- we cover all f- fourteen states and also DC. Wow, the DC area, District wow. of Columbia. Yeah. And since you now, you've been there how long? 
I've been there about a little over two years now. I've been speaking at all our T-Factor events for mm-hmm. four years, okay. and I've been leading the effort for a little over two. Okay. And how long has the T-Factor been going? They started beta testing a little over eight years ago. They okay. bring in 20, 30 people kind of in a live, uh, you know, in-person event, kind of beta testing, building a, a building a program. Right. But now we get 250 leaders at every event, virtual. They're virtual now. Right. Uh, average 20% of our audience is from outside of the country, usually 15 or 20 different countries at each each event with 20% of the audience being international. Uh, with several, uh, we've had 47 Fortune 500 companies, 26 Fortune 106 of the Fortune 10. So we get small, wow. large, small, large, and medium companies, yep. Christian leaders that are influencers, yep, and they come to become equipped how they can integrate faith and work. And our attorneys also share <laughs> how all this, as long as you don't require someone to see a chaplain or require to someone to go to a Bible study or a prayer group. As long as you keep it optional, mm-hmm. you know, as a volunteer, all this is completely legal. So our attorneys sharing is also a very important part of our event. And yeah. our CEO shares. Oh, yeah. I, I, I was so impressed with the pro, the quality of the program and how the, it wasn't just a, hey, here's some kind of sort of things we're doing. I mean, it was all how-to stuff. And it was really solid. I love the one segment where you had the attorney and also the eight, uh, VP of HR and how those two are caught back and forth and really putting practical application and legal uh, precedents against all this stuff. So, you know, it really clears up a lot of myths, folks. Anybody can, in a public company, this can be done. And, uh, and, yes. uh, and the whole ERG movement right now is a big indicator of that, too. I know I had uh, Julia Altman on from uh, Zurich America here, and she was one of the folks that, uh, you know, led the charge there in that organization across the board with all different kinds of groups, but uh, the Christian group. And they became the model. And I think that some of that stuff was based out of T-Factor, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we've had her at T-Factor, and yeah. it's great. And usually when we get the Fortune 500 companies, that's who we get is the leaders of the Christian ERGs, right. employee resource groups. The smaller companies usually get the CEO or the owner. Right. Uh, the larger Fortune 500 companies usually get the leaders, like Julia, mm-hmm. of the, the Christian ERGs. Right. Well, you know, uh, I, I just, again, I, I was so thrilled when you agreed to come on because this is, this is really going to be solid for a lot of our listeners out there. And then also, of course, you know, we're going to have it on the podcast. They can listen to it again and making sure we distribute the information to you, T-Factor, and how people can join in. Now, when's the next T-Factor coming up? Next one is March. Uh, we just had one in December last right. month. The yep. next one is March 10th. They usually fill up about a, about a month early, but okay. there's March 10th and then June 9th. We do them every couple months. Right. So yeah. when one fills up, there's definitely plenty of room uh, for the next one. And love to have have, have your audience with us. Yeah, some, absolutely. Sometime. I'm going to get the word out. Well, folks, we got a giveaway today, and I told you a little bit about that. We're going to get to learn a lot more about Mark and his story of redemption and everything. So what I need you to do is text us at 312-210-0603 with a keyword redemption, and we're going to get back in your hands the uh, uh, website URLs to be able to go out there and access both of these things, the Discovery Channel documentary and then also the video on his testimonial. So that's our gift for you, Dan, and it's very special. You definitely want to take advantage of this. Again, text us at 312-210-0603 with the keyword redemption. And when I come back with Mark, we're going to talk about some specific things and takeaways that he's going to want you to, uh, to take away from this today. So I want you to stay tuned. 
We're going to be back. Get out there and check out our website, faithmarketplace.com. we got lots of resources out there. And also, you'll see on there, and I'm going to tip it a little bit, G7. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in the next upcoming segment. Okay? So stay tuned. We're going to be right back with Mark Whitaker. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here again with my special guest, Mark Whitaker, a PhD. He is with the T-Factor, a part of Coca-Cola Consolidated out of Charlotte, Carolina. Hey, Mark, you know, one of the things I was impressed with is you had some key takeaways you'd like for the audience to take away, and we want to make sure we hit those this, uh, this segment. So what are those key takeaways? Yeah, I'm going to say what I've learned in this, you know, basically this 32-year journey from uh, from when the largest price fixing case happened in U.S. history to, to today's time, you know, I, be, being a non-Christian, not being a Christian during that time, you know, a life of success where people would drive by our home and we lived behind these iron gates and lived in a mansion, a, you know, 13,000 square foot mansion with an eight car garage and people in, had a corporate jet and horse riding stables where our kids could ride in inside stables and mm. private schools they were in. People would say that man has everything at age 32, uh, a beautiful right. wife, a young family. And, but in reality, that was an empty life. I had a void in my heart, the size of Grand Canyon and mm. that selfish leadership right. where it's all about me and elbowing myself to the top and, and even not just unethical behavior, illegal behavior, right. like that was ongoing there prior to my wife blowing the whistle on all of that. Right. And and that was a life of, of, of the way the world defines success. Right. And what the message I really learned in this 30-year journey is a life of significance. Mm. Even in prison, I got to help guys get their GEDs and learn how to read. Some of them learn how to write. Uh, with all the education I had, they they put me in the education department at the mm, prison okay. that I was at. And I got to help so many inmates improve their life. Mm-hmm. I took some through Bible study and and uh, used the same Operation Timothy that Ian Howells was using with me mm-hmm. to introduce others to God and to Jesus in that one-on-one discipleship program. And that $20 a month in prison became some of the most productive years of my life. Wow. And now the last 16 years since I've been out of prison to continue that, Yep. To, to be the servant leader that God designed me to be. Mm-hmm. And I felt I found my purpose. It's so much more rewarding to serve somebody else uh, as compared to where I was elbowing myself at the top. And, and really, like I said, lived in a mansion, but had a void in my heart the size of Grand Canyon. Something was missing. Yeah. And now I'm in prison at $20 a month and God filled that void. And it was a purpose driven yeah, life because yeah. of that servant leadership and it became a life of significance as compared to the way the world defines success so right. that's what i would share with your audience to, to go for that life of significance so, leave the world a better place when you leave it than yep. when you got into it by so, having a purpose-driven life right so so t-factor plays right into that mark and that's what i'd like you to do in the time we have left is and when you hit all these points now, what does this do? And what are the common things you hear from leaders after going and being involved in T's, uh, in the T-Factor and some of the great stuff that, that you provide to companies? What are, what's the common things that they'll tell you? Well, the common thing we see is the cultures of their companies as they start implementing some of these things like chaplaincy and put God in their purpose statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they start implementing Bible studies and prayer groups where people can bring their whole self to work. So the Christians feel like, wow, they can bring their whole self to work. 
So they love it because there's Christians in every organization. Right. And then the non-Christians, what a great way to have your company as an outreach. And our leaders of the the CEOs and the senior leaders that attend, they feel that their company's turned into an outreach, that then the non-believers come and they see what's going on in those rooms and those Bible studies and prayer groups. They see that their supervisor cares about them because of uh, uh, being the servant leader that God designed them to be. They start liking where they're at and seeds are planted. And a lot of them become Christians in that journey. Yeah. You know, the I other mean, you're thing using too, your company as a ministry. There you go. That, boy, you hit it right there because I was going to bring it up because work is ministry. And a lot of people don't understand that. They don't hear it from the pulpit. They don't hear it from the preaching. Work is ministry. That's God ordained. God started with work, right? What do you do the first six days? You know, in the first job description he gave to Adam. And then this guy, Jesus, who are the guys that he recruited? They're all from the marketplace, right? So um, that's huge, and I love that message that you give to these business leaders that this is God's work, you know, and the ministry is one of the, the marketplace is one of the biggest ministries you can have. You know, I went through C12, and what I learned in C12 is that the average business owner has influence over 1,500 people, you know, with the workers and, and small mid-market companies, workers and the, you know, your customers and the vendors. What? And their family man. Oh, family yeah, exactly. I mean, it's in the chaplaincy thing is huge. I, I'm a big raving fan of that. So in this also, does this help the leaders get some purpose? And, and because you're giving them practical application of how they can go ahead and implement this, right? It does. I mean, it starts changing the values of their company in terms of the, it makes them bold and gives them courage and conviction. And it makes the honesty, integrity of your of your culture stronger and in the morality and the optimism and and the humility i mean it transforms your culture of your company and i want to mention bob you're so right about god i mean you think of genesis 2 15 the first thing that god did as you kind of alluded to he put adam to when he created adam put him to work in the garden of eden what an example of how important work is yep and like you said all 12 disciples uh Jesus, Jesus is 132 times in, in, in um, Scripture, public, in public appearance in Scripture, 132. 122 of those was in, was in a marketplace setting. Yep, exactly. 92%. So Jesus <laughs> is showing us yep. that there's no better place for ministry in the marketplace, including how he found the disciples you from bet. the marketplace. <laughs> you bet, man. Yeah, Matthew 5.16, let's get that light out from underneath the basket, you know, and shine it from the hill. And right. that's absolutely right. And that's why I'm so thrilled with uh, the movement and the things you're doing. And Mark, you are just a fabulous example of that because you've been through this. You understand the highs and you understand the lows. And you understand also from a business standpoint what business leaders go through and the challenges they have and how to be able to lead a God-honoring company. And I just want to tip of the hat to that. Now, you know, I had the privilege of coming to T-Factor. The, I, folks, I'm telling you, the package I got ahead of even going to that was blew me away. Uh, they had goodies in there, certainly had a can of Coca-Cola in there, but they also had a, a, a booklet that you went through. And I mean, this thing was a three-ring binder of all this fabulous material that they pack in there and all the resources. I, it was just mind-blowing. And I know that when people grab a hold of this thing, Mark, what's some of the, uh, some of the upside that you've seen out of this, some of the goals and some of the things that have been achieved with companies that embrace well, you know, this? We have 1,000 people go through a year, 250, right. and we max it out at 250 to optimize our Q&A and discussion. So every event has 250 leaders mm-hmm. per event since we went virtual two years ago. So each quarter, so it's a thousand leaders per year, and we do a lot of follow up with them, and we've learned yep. that sixty eight percent 
of our attendees, 68%, implement at least one thing from T-Factor within 90 days. Wow. They either increase their giving or they hire a chaplain or they change their purpose statement. In a lot of cases, they do three or four things yeah. that they implement. Wow. Uh, within 90 days. That is powerful. That is that's God. You know, there's no way around it. Yes, it is. And they're using you guys as being the messengers of that. Uh, again, um, I'm, I'm blathering on here about it because I was just so excited that you invited me. Number one, number two, I got to experience it live, so I can really evangelize it to other people. Because you got to go through this, you got to see it. So we're going to make sure, Mark. You know, send me some information so I can get it out to anybody that wants it. Also, so when you uh, text us here at three one two two one zero zero six zero three, if you also put in there. Redemption, which we're going to give you the URLs to go out through for the Discovery Channel documentary plus Mark's personal testimony. But if you put in the Redemption plus T, the letter T, Factor, we're going to get the information in your hand to be able to attend T Factor, at least be getting an invite mm-hmm. to it, okay? So uh, that was that's a bonus extra, folks. That wasn't a part of the deal here today. So we're, you're okay with that, right, Mark? Absolutely, absolutely. Feel free to share my email address, too, for anybody who'd like to reach out, too. Yeah, I I love it, man. Well, listen, I don't want time to get away from us here because I want to get the words of wisdom you would have given your younger self now that you know what what you faced. Uh, What words of wisdom were you given to your younger self? You know, I was mentored by by a couple of of the top executives, a, a CEO and a COO, and a vice chairman of, of one of the largest companies in mm-hmm. the world. Right. And, and, you know, so we all need mentors in our life, but this was not the kind of mentorship you need right. to be involved with an international cartel and all the things that happened. Right. And then I was mentored by Ian Howes and Chuck Colson about integrating faith and work yeah. and, 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 and really getting to know God and building a relationship with Jesus. And it trans and it changed my life, changed mm-hmm. my life forever starting 1998, 24 years ago. Right. And what I would tell my younger self is this, is that I wish at age 32, I understood how rewarding it was to to have a goal of a life of significance mm. instead of a big house and a, right. and a, and a fancy car and, and, and having a, access to a corporate jet, jet. I wish I knew how rewarding then that it was to serve others. So my what I tell my younger self is live a life of significance, have a purpose-driven life, and be the servant leader that God designed you to be. I love it. That's great. And also those false idols, right? Because that's what all that stuff was, was false oh, idols. Oh, yeah. The that Ferrari idols. is all rust yeah. now. Yeah, yeah there you Think go, buddy. Hey, hey, real quickly, uh, you wrote something that I thought was really interesting. we let, I got to share it with the people. Interesting, funny, cool about Mark Whitaker. What would you say? I would say if you go to my website, markwhitaker.com, and you mm-hmm. click a little button, it says enter here the website. It's got a picture of my wife and I and Matt Damon, who played me in the movie. Uh, <laughs> it was not a Christian movie. It ended with everybody went to prison, so it doesn't share the faith journey, but it shares the crime. Right. And uh, and I'd say that uh, I don't think you know which one I am, because Matt Damon and I look just alike. Yeah, there you go. You're identical twin. I love it. <laughs> that is great. <laughs> Hey, well, listen, folks, I teased you a little bit earlier about if you're looking for increase your business or hungry for business, relationships that matter, that helps people grow personally, professionally, and spiritually, welcome to C7, G7 Network with Purpose, where we form relationships that lead to quality referrals and life transformation. Uh, experience networking with others in like-minded spirit via mar- monthly meetings that follow a powerful format that invites interaction, connection, immerse yourself in 
proprietary G7 application, sharing leads, prayer requests, and increased visibility. Get out and check it out at G7 Networking. I'm proud to announce I am the regional and district manager now here in Chicago. We have two chapters up and running. Anybody that wants any of that information, get out there and text me with the 312-210-0603 G7 keyword, and I'll get you information in your hands. We're going to be right back with Mark Whitaker. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Well, welcome back here. We're going to roundtable a subject. We had a mystery subject that we came up with here. I'm roundtabling with Mark Whitaker, my special guest today. And that mystery subject is going to be around significance. You've heard a little bit about that, actually quite a bit about that. But we're going to really, we're going to flush this out a little bit more because I think it's really important as to what does that mean? Going from success to significance. There's a famous book out there. I've read, Mark's read. I've read all three of his books. Uh, and by Bob Buford, which is uh, halftime, stuck in halftime, and then finishing well. So, Mark, let's, let's put a significance. What does that mean to you now? Because you started almost halftime of your life as to when you started to grab a hold of something that was significant. Yeah, I mean, I, I think about it, for example, you know, when I got out of prison and rejoined the, the biotech industry, which was industry I was in. I was president of the biotech division at ADM, so that was my background. And a wonderful career. And I love Cyprus. Christian CEO Paul Willis, just a wonderful Christian leader there and and was there almost a decade and just a great place you know, where I was COO and chief science officer uh, at uh, Cyprus Biotech. Mm-hmm. But, you know, then then let's say, you know, my mid 50s, I joined a company, uh, an organization called CBMC, Christian Businessmen Connection, which is more of a ministry, right. how to equip leaders uh, to integrate faith in their work and to see their work. There's no better place for ministry than work itself. And for them to see that, I'd say, you know, kind of my halftime was kind of about was kind of like in my mid 50s. God led me say, take this wisdom you've learned in this journey you've had. And now you've stabilized your family since you've been back in the biotech industry and stabilized them financially. And, you know, to 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 finish strong and and to go full time into ministry. Uh, like when I was with CBMC and really T-Factor. I mean, even though yeah. it's the largest bottler in the country, I'm on the ministry yep. arm of that. You T-Factor. got it. Yep. Similar yeah. to CBMC, it's it's integrating, it's it's equipping senior leaders and encourage and inspire them uh, to to integrate faith and work, like what you're doing yeah. on a daily basis, Bob. The same thing. We're all about equipping leaders that yep. there's no better place for ministering than our workplace, than the marketplace. You bet. And, you know, when I read Bob's book, it it really was very profound to me because uh, I I, I never thought of it in that sense where at halftime, what are you going to do? Look at the second half of your life. Nobody has a guarantee. We know that. But as you start to look, at, you get in that 40s and 50 range, looking at that second half of your life, because what was kind of interesting to me, what they, they shared was, you know, when you get to the, you know, in your 60s or some retirement or something, if you haven't got something significant in your life, uh, statistically, people die within five years. And I thought that was, wow, what is that about? Well, significance really means that you've got something now that is significant, it's purposeful, and you're giving back. Because I think that if you don't have something in mind for the later years of your life, where you can take all this collective wisdom and the things you've done and be able to give the, that back. You know, when you look through the history and particularly the Jewish history, the verbal, you know, um, 
uh, education that they get, they're passed down from generation to generation to generation, you know. Um, you know the Bible really is, is a verbal word that got put on paper, right? <laughs> now, if you think about that, their forefathers handing them a gift like that, their wisdom. So I think that's really the other thing that I look at. I have an obligation both morally, ethically, and also to honor God by trying to give back and transport some of this information that was given to me because I had great coaches and mentors. Uh, I didn't have too many, I didn't have many of them that went off the track like yours did. You know, <laughs> they were pretty upstanding guys. But that was I wasn't a Christian at the time either. So to your point, I didn't have any discernment around that. I was like you, man. You know, the money uh, as it all stacked up it was all about its success and money and getting you know to a higher degree until until I had my own little uh, you know fall from heaven. And, uh, you know, so then it grabbed me. You know, when I was brought to the Lord, that's when it really started to shift and when I really got it. And then also that business and faith are one, but you can't separate those two. I've talked to people, but I was trifurcating my life. I was one person on Sunday. I was somebody in business, another person socially. And boy, is that exhausting, you know. And uh, what that gave me now is to be one person seven days a week. I don't have to be concerning myself to be looking good or being somebody I'm not. And it's just given me so much relief and peace. It's amazing. And I feel the same way. I, I really, Colossians 3.23 really stands out to me is, is whatever you do, do it with all your heart like mm. you're working for the Lord yep. and not for man. And that means when we're an Uber car or at a grocery store or the post office, there's just so many people out there that don't know God. And, Jesus, and it may be the smallest of seed. It may be opening a door. When someone's yep. having a really bad day, yep. and it could be the smallest of things yep. that could make a difference in that person's life that plants a seed mm-hmm. and says, boy, that person who just did that's different than what they're used to. And that illustrates what God and what Jesus is all about. Yeah, that's the ambassador. That's what we need yep. to pray about is being the ambassador for God that God designed us to be. Yeah. What's the biggest thrill you're getting out of T-Factor in, in oh, being, having a role? Yeah. Just seeing others get on fire <laughs> to integrate faith in their work and to really see yeah. that the purpose of our life is really Matthew twenty eight nineteen. Yep. Go make disciples of all nations and our businesses and our workplaces is a way that we can live out Matthew twenty eight nineteen. Yeah. And plant seeds. These are people that come to work that aren't going to go to church. We hope they do yeah. someday. Yep. But they're not going to church now. The only way they're going to hear about God is at work. Because they're not going to church. Mm-hmm. You know, and the other thing, too, is when, when you manifest this stuff, when, when we're talking about significance here, uh, what would you say that it, from a standpoint of how that, how you visualize that or how you thought about that in the past, what does significance mean to you? Uh, significance means to me is make a difference. Uh, okay. Something that, that you're, you're, you're making a difference in someone else's life, not mm-hmm. in your life. Okay. By serving someone else, you're making a difference in their life. And one way there's no one way that's significant that there's nothing more important is planting seeds where they get to know God and get to know Jesus. I know Jesus does the work, not us, but yep. God uses us to plant those seeds. Yep. And just think about the significance of someone that's not a Christian that does become a Christian where they're going to live eternity in heaven. Yep. That's significance. That is significant. God will use that <laughs> to plant those seeds yeah. where he can do his work. 
Amen, amen. You know, I tell people all the time, I'm, I'm like Johnny Appleseed. I just plant the seeds and let God take care of watering and growing it. And it might be four people away from you, that, that whole episode, right? That lead to somebody, eventually leads somebody to Christ. Because, you know, I'm not down here for a body count. Uh, I just want to get up there in front of him one day and the beam of scene, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Look what you brought me and I'm not going to have a clue to any of it, you know? Uh, that will be significant. <laughs> That's, you know? That's that, that will be significant. Yeah. yeah, this is life here on earth is just a vapor. My dad yeah. lived till 90. Yeah. The past four years ago, but that's a vapor compared to eternity. Yeah. Even though 90 sounds like a long life. My mom's 80, 89 in June. They were 66 years married. That's still just a, a vapor. Yeah. We have, I believe God wants us to use this time we have here on earth wisely, yep. no matter if it's 90 years, 60 years, or 30 years, or 10 years, to use it wisely. And, and I, I just, every day when I wake up, I just pray. I say, God, I just want to be used however you want to use me and yep. put someone in my path that I could help make a difference in their life. That is that. Yep. You got it. And as long as we can do that every day, it's a step, right? We're on a journey and uh, step by step it happens. It doesn't happen overnight, but at least initiating it and doing it. I can't thank you enough, Mark, today because you gave a, our audience a lot to think about today and practical application. So you make sure you get out there and text me again at 312-210-0603. We're going to get in your hands the URL for the Discovery Channel documentary on Mark and also his personal testimony. And if you add the keyword redemption, plus what T-Factor, then we're going to get in your hands the invitation for one of those T-Factor events that Mark's going to so generously supply for me to be able to distribute to you guys. So get out there and check it out. We're going to be back here next Saturday, noon to 1 o'clock here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Again, I'm Bob Lambert, Faith Marketplace, where we equip, inspire, and encourage Christians to lead where they're at out there in the marketplace. Thanks for joining us for Faith Marketplace Radio, here to inspire, equip, and encourage Chicagoland's Christian business community. Faith Marketplace is on every Saturday at noon, right here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Listen to past shows anytime online at faithmarketplace.com.